Welcome to the Success Leaves Clues podcast with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Have you ever wondered what makes someone successful? What are they doing that's different? How do they achieve greatness? We believe that success leaves clues. In this series, we are interviewing very successful people from different walks of life to hear their stories. We'd like to remind our listeners that the views expressed in this podcast are those of our guests and not necessarily those shared by our hosts. Welcome back to the Success Leaves Clues podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Life and Legacy Advisory Group. Are you a small business owner who thinks they pay too much in taxes? We can help. Give us a call or book a meeting by clicking the link in the show notes to book a free financial consultation so you can have peace of mind about your financial future. We're also brought to you by ARIA Benefits. If you're a business or HR leader and you're needing a competitive benefits package to help you attract and retain that top talent, we can help. Check us out to build a customized benefits package that fits your business and budget. I'm your host, Robin Bailey, back at it again with Podcast Friday with my only and favorite co-host, Al McDonald. Al, what do you say this fine Friday? Another great day, another great lineup. Always enjoy talking to great people and having these great conversations. So, And I'm very interested because who we're talking today, I have heard about them in the past, and I unfortunately missed the first time that you were able to talk to our guests. So I'm looking forward to hearing all about the company and learning about a little bit more and having a great conversation. Well, to your point, Al, I heard about our guest and their company way before they're on my radar for the podcast. And luckily, again, I've said it many times, we get some great introductions. Today is an example of another one. So I'm going to do a bit of a bio because there's a very interesting history here on our guest and uh, we're going to dive into it today. So no further ado, joining us today is Ute Shah, founder of 24 Good Deeds. She was born and raised in Germany. She got her first job in show business at the age of 19 as an assistant to the talent manager and agent in Cologne, Germany. While raising a beautiful daughter, she started her own business and worked as a TV producer and organized hundreds of celebrities for many primetime shows in every major German TV station. Shows included the German equivalent to Saturday Night Live, the Johnny Carson show, and a candid camera show. She was the manager and agent for German celebrities who she managed and helped build their very successful careers over the last 30 years. One of her stars hosted the German broadcast of the Academy Awards and the Golden Globes and was the host of the European Film Awards and the film festival Berlin Alley. Did I pronounce that right? Maybe I butchered that a little bit. You can correct me. Close. Close. Since the late 1990s, she has also actively worked with charitable organizations to help raise awareness and donations for worthwhile projects. She was the producer of the UNICEF Saturday Night Primetime Telethon on ZDF in Germany. She also actively helped the European Medical Aid Organization Action Meteor, I might have pronounced that wrong as well, as an organization which fights AIDS and malaria and is instantly present when out. Catastrophes. Catastrophes, thank you, happen anywhere in the world. She also supports smaller localized charity projects in Canada, Germany, Tanzania, and Bahamas. Ute currently lives in Toronto, where she founded the not-for-profit 24 Good Deeds, which I can't wait to talk about. It's so cool. And she successfully launched the 24 Good Deeds charity advent calendar in 2020 in Canada. It was originally founded in Germany in 2011, I won't try to pronounce that in German. You can do that for me by Sebastian 
Wed camp. You're really testing my uh, abilities, my linguistic <laughs> abilities today. So with all that, welcome to the show, Ute. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me, guys. This is really exciting. It is really exciting. You have such an incredible background. Like, I think I'd be remiss if we didn't. I want to talk about 24 Deeds, right? And get into that. But can you talk to us? You were 19 when you started in, let's call it show business, because that's what it was. How on earth did you get into that business? I mean, I could understand if you're in Hollywood and maybe, if, but here you are in Germany. How did you end up getting in that? By coincidence, total coincidence. I was at a party and I met two guys. One of them was a radio host, not very well known. The other one was a singer, songwriter, comedian. And among the 50 people, I ended up hanging out with them for a while. And at the end of the evening, they said, you should be our manager or you should work for our manager, whatever, but we want you in our lives. And I'm like, sure, guys, that's a nice pickup line, you know, but well, sure enough, the next day I got a phone call from the manager saying, I am looking for an assistant. Are you interested? You come highly recommended. And I go like, what? Okay. Well, anyway, four days later, I had a contract and that's when my career started. Wow, that's so cool. And then, so you spent, what did we say, a good number of years, let's just say that, in the show business and working with all these celebrities. But then you pivot at some point. Yeah. And you go into the charitable sector. So like, how did that happen? Why did you end up leaving kind of that world of celebrities to go into charity? Because it's a very different direction to go in. Yes, it is very, very different. But then again, you know, it's like this was nothing that I've ever planned on going into show business, going and becoming a television producer and all that. After all, I am a high school dropout. So I was kind of like, I was 19 when I ended up in show business. Then with 23 and being six months pregnant, I started my first company. So everything kind of happened. Nothing was really planned. I never ever imagined that with 25, I could be a television producer already and having only primetime shows to manage. So everything in my life kind of happened and I just went along and I enjoyed the ride and I made the best out of it. And after 30 years now in show business, and this is what you now were referring to, this is a very fast paced industry we're talking about. I did a lot and the whole industry changed tremendously in the last five, ten years with all the reality television that I was not really such a fan of as in being a producer of those. It's very different if you work with professional talent or regular people. So for me, it, I started, as you mentioned before as well, with the UNICEF gala, the Telesound, three hours on Saturday night, live on public television. That's when I started in the charity world, and that was in 2000. And ever since, I did everything you said. I worked in Africa every year as a media consultant for Action Medio, which is the largest aid organ, medical aid organization in Europe. You know, I did several jobs in Germany, Canada, and then I started my own charity in the Bahamas called Swimsuit Aids for kids that wanted to learn how to swim but didn't have the means for buying a swimsuit. Anyway, so after... Doing all that, there came a point that I just decided, okay, show business, it's good, it's great, thank you so much, but I'm now doing what my heart is calling for, which is helping others. 
And instead of now being in TV studios or going to the Oscars, which I did three times, crazy, right? I now spend my time helping others and building a community that thrives on collective joy and fulfillment. That is what I am aiming for in my future life. It's such a cool story. And I know because I know Al very well and charity and charitable organizations are very near and dear to his heart. But before I let him jump in, because I can tell he's chomping at the bit to jump in and ask some questions. Can we just start though with, can you tell us a little bit about 24 Good Deeds and what it's all about? 24 Good Deeds is a charity advent calendar. And with that charity advent calendar, we support 24 different Canadian registered charities and their projects within Canada or internationally, which is half-half. We have 12 Canadian and 12 international projects. So that's what we do with 24 Good Deeds. Our core activity is the selection process. So charities get to apply for a door in the advent calendar and they have to do quite a lengthy application, send it in. So at this point, we are at 1992 applications per year, which is very different than the first year in 2020, where I had to literally call everyone up and talk them into it. And then, even then, they didn't want to. But now, since we showed that we are serious about it and we do raise funds and awareness, so they apply. And then we have a four-step process to go through these applications. And we end up with 24 after like three months of selecting them and making sure they are all each single project that they apply with is scaled down to the one dollar donation that the donor is giving us per day so the calendar you can donate 24 dollars and for that donation you will receive the charity advent calendar and you will support 24 different charity projects with one dollar each so I do want to ask some questions and I want to circle back a little bit before we talk a little bit more about 24 Good Deeds. You said that, you know, you got out of show business and you did what you're calling. You got into the charity. I'm curious, is this something that you think has always been a part of you? And I don't want to say show business got in the way because I'm sure it was very rewarding and you had, you know, a lot of good memories and experiences, all that. But is this something that right from the beginning, when you were younger, something that always interested you or did something along the way, you know, make you pivot and change course? I wouldn't say it was my calling right from the beginning. I grew up in a lower middle class home, household, family, so there was no money for charity. I never heard my parents giving away anything. So it's something like I believe that you have to grow up with in order to really want later on, like want to go in that business. And even so, I never considered it a business which I learned now is a little different. So for me, it was like, I like helping and I always liked helping other people. I always, always, even in school, I helped my friends and classmates when they had a problem, you know. I loaned them money. I helped them out with this. I just helped them with homework. So that is one thing. I love helping others. I'm an animal lover, to be extreme. I love helping animals i you know i love looking after nature i love even picking up garbage sometimes my husband goes are you crazy you're picking up 
this and this on the street. Yeah, it's like that. Why? There's a garbage can right there. So I'm more the helping type, I would say, and not so much the charity type. I would have never imagined that charity work would actually be in my future. But it happened because I learned with UNICEF what it means. And while I was volunteering, which I then started really, truly enjoying volunteering in Africa and other countries and seeing the joy that it brings people and how much you can really change with little things, little physical things or donations. So this is kind of why I ended up with this. And my daughter gifted me this calendar. It's a German invention from 2011. So in 2019, she gifted me this calendar, the German one. I looked through this and I go like, oh, wow, this is incredible. This is unbelievable. I had so much fun opening every day and seeing, wow, now this day I'm helping a baby elephant that is an orphan to, with a bottle of formula in Zambia. The next day I'm helping a child get a book that's in a homeless shelter. You know, stuff like that. I, I, I was really intrigued by that idea and I thought, okay, I want to bring this to Canada. I really want to do exactly that because it, for me, it was a thing that I did not have to just commit on to one charity, helping one charity. I could now actually do a service for people that want to donate, but also find out all about these charities and select 24 different ones each year that I can support. So I actually think that's a privilege to being able to help so many. And at this point, we are at 90, 24, 48, 96, 96 charity that we helped and are helping. I love that you use the word privilege in there. That it's something you can do. Is there one experience or one story that stands out for you in terms of giving back and maybe the effect it had on someone, something, some place? Yeah, you are talking about 24 good deeds and one single good deed that we did. Uh, it could be 24 good deeds. It could have been, you know, something that you did. You said you went to Africa, some of the charitable work that you were involved in. I'm just curious if there was one thing that really stood out for you in all these years that you've been working in this area that you were really moved by, affected by, proud of. Actually, yes. Africa. Africa is a, actually a really good experience because we did a project with a, with a school and that was in Tanzania school children they are in uniforms and the problem is that a lot of people a lot of parents do not have the means to buy them so here we were saying okay kids you get your uniforms from us and one uniform for a whole year that they wear the whole year is six dollars i mean that's a starbucks and a half Anyway, so that's what we did. So we did this try on uniforms because we had this company that supplied them. And so all these kids, these six-year-olds, were lined up, probably a hundred of them outside, on their best behavior, most of them no shoes, you know, in their ragged clothes. And they were coming in and being so proud and so happy. I could still cry just thinking about that that now they got a uniform. Now they can go to school. Do you understand what that means? I mean, we changed their lives with this $6 uniform. And that to me was like, wow, for us, it's nothing to pay $6. And you can change people's lives 
So that one was really big. That when I was a media consultant for media, we did that project at that time and we also filmed it. So it, it was really, really, as I say, emotional. For And what I really thought was cool is that these kids were so proud to be able to go to school. I mean, tell any kid that in our country. Oh, you can go to school and you get a uniform. They go, ah, uniform? Do I really have to go to school? So it's so different, right? So that was a real, real beautiful eye-opener. Yeah, it's a different attitude versus, you know, I have to go to school and I have to wear a uniform versus I get to go to school and yes. I get to wear a uniform. And be I'm proud of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that was nice. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And thanks for sharing that. It sounds amazing. Tell me a little bit more about 24 Good Deeds, though. Let's dive into that a little bit. And I guess my first question is, okay, I want to support some charities. Why 24 Good Deeds instead of all the other charities that are out there? What's the difference? What makes you special? What makes us special? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what makes you special? Well, we serve 24 Canadian registered charities and their projects. A charity, like one registered charity, typically operates for one cause, like sick kids. They take care of sick kids, right? 24 Good Deeds takes care of 24 causes in the areas of education, environment, nature, nutrition, and healthcare. And we also, we don't just choose them like this, we have subject matter experts, our advisory board members in each of the categories, and they actually make the final choice which project in their field is the best, or which six projects, because there's six in each of the areas. I'm sure it has to be tough sometimes deciding who gets in and who doesn't. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it is, that's seriously the one thing I do not love about my job. I can't help every single charity that applies. It's impossible. But that day, that decision is clear and I have to tell them, no, you're not part of this. It's literally the worst day in the year for me. I want a calendar with 92 windows, you know, seriously. But what I do love is learning about all these charities and all the projects that apply because there's so many that I never, ever even thought that causes like that existed. Pretty ignorant sometimes I go, but hey, there you go. My favorite day is when I learn, I do the online calendar myself, so I put it all together and, you know, format it and so on. That is when I really have to go into the project, into the charity and learn even more about it. That's always my best day. You know, I always take like three days to do that because it's 24 pages with photos, with stats and so on. And I last year, I started at 8 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday, and at 8 o'clock at night, I was still sitting there, and I was doing all 24 in one day, and I was so happy. It's just that's what's giving me the drive behind it, you know, because I'm really, really proud when I can share these great projects with people and that we are supporting them. Because at this point, after three years, we are already at more than 410,000 good deeds that we already fulfilled. So that does make me proud, I must say. Yeah, must make you feel very good. Mm -hmm. Ute, who is buying these? Are these individuals that are purchasing these, you know, for the, either themselves or, or friends or family? Or is it corporations as well? I'm just wondering about, because our listenership, there are a lot of business owners, there are a lot of entrepreneurs, there are a lot of HR people, so you know CHROs and chief people officers. 
I'm just curious, who are the people? Like, what is the avatar of the person that is buying this? Or is it just a mix of people? Well, first off, you can't buy the calendar. You can donate. And as a documentation for your donation, you are getting the calendar. You can donate on behalf of others, and then we will send the calendar to someone else. We have a 3D calendar. I'm sure you guys know what it looks like. I can show it to you if not. Or you can donate towards the online version now. Our donors are made out of individuals, schools, a lot of schools that use them for show and tell. So every day a different child gets to open a door and then they get a school package from us in November already so the teachers can prepare. And then they talk about the good deed of the day and the charity and the country it is taking place in. So that is another group that is uh, donating and Actually, half of our donors are corporate clients because for them it is instead of giving another bottle of wine that nobody needs or another mug that nobody needs, they are actually gifting a sustainable, meaningful and unique holiday present to their clients, staff and partners. And they can, in our case, add a personal message on the Christmas card that comes with it as a greeting card, and we will print in the personal message for the recipient. They can add their logo or even their business card that they can hang on the 3D grass paper calendar. The size of the calendar is about legal size. So it's about this big, and it looks like this, even so your podcast, I know sometimes you Look oh, at wow. stuff, right? So this is the calendar. It's made out of grass paper and it is fully compostable and uh, printed with plant-based ink. So this is what I was talking about with the business card. So you can hang that on there. And this year we even have the option. You see the 24 deeds up here. So we have a sticker that goes on top. If you want to have your logo printed on that, you could have your logo right on the top of the tree. So this is what the companies now are asking for, to have it more personalized, and we can do that. So, and yes, we do have a lot of corporate clients, which bankers, insurance people, lots of realtors, and the list goes on. Lots of German companies that actually do the same in Germany as here. So it's a really nice and personal gift to people and show also that you care about others. What a great idea to be using it in schools. Yeah, I love the schools. Okay. Yeah. They're usually, that's not great donations uh, efforts. It is one calendar per school class, but what it does to these kids. Yeah. The feedback we're getting, I just got a, a whole book from, there was one teacher last year that made the children every day, they had to write like 10 lines, what was the good deed and what was it all about today. It's fantastic. And they just sent me the, all these handwritten notes. And then we got from another school, we got one of these calendars at the end of December and the kids decided to donate towards the calendar afterwards. Again, they wanted to donate more, so they brought $1 each and with scotch tape glued them on the doors. So I, I have two calendars full of dollars, which is like, that, that shows you how kids appreciate it, you know? Mm -hmm. Ute, if I were to ask you, and if the answer is 24 good deeds, that's entirely fine. 
But what are you most proud of in your life? And this can be from your corporate perspective, from your personal perspective, doesn't really matter. There's no wrong answer because it's your answer. But what would you say to that question? Well, I had her when I was 24. I got pregnant when I was 23. And she is the love of my life, always will be. And I'm super, super proud that she became who she became. She is now 36 years old. Now I'm aging myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. She's 36 years old and she is living in London, England. She's a very, very loving daughter, very engaged. And she ended up in television and in you know, show business after all. Even so, she is a PhD in forensic psychology, which is like, she's a scientist. Like, why exactly did she go into this business? But turns out, since I always took her with me, she was in the studio since she was, she was literally two weeks old. And I was organizing a movie opening premiere in Germany. And this was my first job after having her. So I actually took her with me. So here I was on stage talking to bodyguards, arranging this and this. So she has always been with me wherever I went in all studios or to award ceremonies, not to the Oscars, but in Germany, I did take her with me as soon as she was a teenager. So for her, it was very natural to interact with stars, with celebrities. Of course, I, I managed quite a few of them. And now here she is getting asked to do television with the BBC and she was on CNN. She had to do some statements about Biden at some point and so on, you know. So it's very, very different that my daughter, who's a scientist, is now also on television. In Germany, they actually, there's an eight episode TV show that was based on her. They actually wrote around her life and a very famous German actress played her it was like surreal to me. And of course, she was helping write the whole thing. But that is the kind of stuff. And she has a podcast just like you guys with the BBC. She has a TV show now with the BBC. She has one in Germany. So this is not her core work. She's a book author. She wrote a book called The Memory Illusion. And it became a world bestseller, it was published in 25 countries and 16 languages. It's all about our memory. Like her first sentence in her book is, your memory is like a Wikipedia page. You can add or erase whatever you want, but so can others. Interesting. So this book is really, really made it. After that, she had a New York Times column for psychology and you name it. It's like she is a little bit like me. She just does stuff. She just gets it thrown towards her and she takes it and she does it. So this is why I'm so proud of her, that she's doing that and she's actually showing me how to do it now. She's on camera and she is right there. She is an expert witness in court cases, in heavy-duty court cases worldwide. And here she is standing up. When she was 30, she was already there, you know, 30 years old. So I'm very proud of my daughter. Do you remember the movie, I don't know if you saw it, Jerry Maguire, where Tom Cruise is, you know, they had broken up and he's coming back to Renee Zellweger and he goes through this long speech and she tells him to shut up and she says, you had me at hello. Do you remember that scene? Yes. You had me when you said she's the love of my life, always has been, always will be. Aww. That resonated with me because my dad is now gone and I don't know when it happened, but at some point my dad stopped being my dad and became my best friend. Yeah. And it was, I felt very fortunate to have that. And dad's the reason that I'm in the business. And 
I thought, wow, like what a privilege, Al, you know, to bring that word up again. What a privilege that I actually became friends with my parents and they were more than just parents. And, you know, I think that's such a special relationship. And and as I asked that question, and of course, most of the listeners are going to listen to this audio only. They're not going to have the benefit of seeing, but your eyes lit up as soon as you started talking about her. And you're so passionate and you get, it just exudes from you how proud of you. And to me, I don't know if you, in Germany, they have a similar saying, but it, to me, it doesn't sound like the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, which just mm-hmm. means, you know, you've had such a successful career and obviously you were a great role model for your daughter because it sounds like she's been incredibly successful as well. So that's really cool. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, and she is really such an appreciated daughter. She still sets me every few weeks. I get either a postcard or a parcel from her. And she's continuing that, you know, from London, just saying thank you, just little things that, you know, make me happy that she knows I like. It's really special. That's cool. Just like you, I do believe that when they grow up, you have to stop mothering them or parenting them. You have to build a new relationship with your kids. You have to be their friend. You have to be on the same level. Yeah. This is what I obviously managed to do with my daughter. And we are best friends. I know everything. We have a parallel life. Not that we are stalking each other, but we certainly always (laughs) know where we are. We spend as much time together as we can in whatever country we can. And she's super mobile. So she's going everywhere anyway. So what's another trip to Spain for one day? Just to see I'm my in mom. too. I'm in. Right? I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'll meet you there too. Perfect. Al, do we even need to ask our signature question? Because I have a feeling this whole episode has been about you know this really planting is. proverbial tree. But but ask it anyway because you yeah. never know. Maybe there's a different answer. I don't know. I'll ask it. And again, if you're not prepared to answer it or don't want to, but at the same time, you've almost already answered it. But here it goes. All right. A society grows great. When old persons plant trees in whose shade they will never sit. So can you talk about any of those proverbial trees that you might be planting? Well, you know, that is actually everything that we will do with our good deeds. Mm-hmm. I'm planting those seeds and kids that get to eat daily now in school will be better in school. So that those are the shades I'm not going to sit in. I cannot follow that. Is that the kind of idea? A hundred percent. And again, I think you'd very much answer this question already because that is what you're doing. But again, I just, I wanted to see if you did have any other things that came to mind, things that you were passionate about that you wanted to share. But yeah, that's basically it. That, you know, things that you might be doing that you're never going to see the benefit of, but others down the road will be. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I like planting anyways. I really like nurturing, but there comes a point that you have to let it go and things will happen and good things will happen when your ambition is positive and you can already see, like, I believe in affirmations, for instance, if you go like, okay, I'm going to find that parking spot or I'm going to get to Africa one day or something, you know, as the more you think about it and the more you imagine it, you will work towards it and it will happen. And this is exactly what 24 Good Deeds is all about. We want to make many more good deeds and projects happen so that the world will become a better place. And we can do that together with our donors. That's great. 
That is such a great message to end on. And I forgot in the beginning to thank our good friend, our mutual good friend, Jeff Davies, who introduced us. So thank you, Jeff. Shout out to you. He was such a podcast guest. He's become a friend of ours. And now, Ute, I would like to consider that you've become a friend of ours. I'm so happy we met. Thank you for joining us today. And thanks so much for sharing your story. It's such an interesting background that you have. And I love what you're doing. What's the best way for people to reach out to you if they have questions about yourself or what you're doing at 24 Good Deeds? I have an email address. It's Ute, U-T-E, at 24goodeeds.ca. Simply enough, right? And I do have a website. Personal one would be uteshaw.com. Also pretty simple. And we have a website for 24 Good Deeds, which is www.24goodeeds.ca. And of course, I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff. All right, good stuff. Well, that does it for today's episode. Al and I really enjoyed this conversation. As always, I hope you did too. If you have any questions for Al or myself, please feel free to give us a call or joining the conversation on LinkedIn. Success leaves clues. We'll see you next time.